Good morning City Lights. It's great to be with you again in the, this time of doing church differently. And I know things have eased up a little bit over this season, but uh, yeah, hopefully things will get back to normal in the next couple of months, whatever normal is going to look like in the future. And um, I also want to just start out by saying that I know some people have lost their jobs this week and uh, our hearts go out to you. I've, I've got my prayer journal going. I'm praying for families. I'm praying for businesses. I'm praying for just different people's income streams and lives and livelihood. And we just pray for God's grace over that. So before I start, that's actually, that's probably a good place for us to start as a community. Let's pray for city lights. Let's pray for people's jobs. Let's pray for, even though if people lose jobs, that they can find new ones, that there'll be some form of innovation in this time. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we can come to you in every moment and whatever need we have, Father. And I, I do really pray for those who've lost their jobs this week. We pray, Lord God, that you would just comfort them. Would you give them vision? Would you give them faith and hope, Lord God, and thank you that you are with them. I pray for, I pray for opportunities past this. I pray for God for miraculous doors to open. And Lord God, I also pray for those who are currently at work and maybe things are looking a little bit uncertain. We just pray for your, just for your miraculous hand to move, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, in this time there would be innovation. We pray, Lord God, for new business ideas to come out of the City Lights community. And we just, we really do just pray, Lord God, for, for your hand to move across the city, across this nation and the nations of this world. Father, would you bring healing in this time where there's been so much pain. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. So today is Father's Day. Well, not today technically, it's going to be in two days' time. But uh, it's, it's my first Father's Day, so I'm expecting a great uh, big gift from Styla. I mean, I'm joking. Uh, but I actually, in preparing this message, it was, just, it was just one of those crazy weeks. Had a lot going on, and um, I prepared a lot of this message while Styla had to go out um, and I prepared a lot of this message while I had one baby in one arm looking after the other and my phone in the other and I was prepping this message. So I think I should win the dad award if there is such a thing. Again, joking. And I just looked at Bruce and he's not even laughing. There we go. Um, so Father's Day, again, you probably hear me say this a few times. I've only been a dad for nine months, so I don't really have experience on it. I'm not one of those people who say we have a baby and then we're an expert on it. We're not. I've made so many mistakes. I think I've apologized to my babies a lot. I've apologized to Starlight. Just trying to figure this out as, as being a dad. But um, if you go look at the Bible, and I just started to do a word study on, on the word father. It's mentioned 1,856 times in the ESV. It's a subject that's super important. There's the implications of family that we see throughout the Bible. It's God's plan and his purpose to, to have family spread across the earth and change the earth. And it always starts not only with, with, with uh, just the family unit, but it starts with fathers and it starts with mothers. And we've had an amazing Mother's Day whenever it was a month or so ago. But today we're celebrating fathers. And, we, and I, I want to, and in saying that, I wanted, my heart does go out to those who either have had absent fathers or not a really great example of a father or maybe you're a single mom or maybe some of you don't have kids and you long to have kids that's been our story for at least 10 years trying to have kids and these moments are bittersweet because you're celebrating who fathers are but you're also longing to be that and I, my heart does go out to you I'm praying for you um, and I'm praying that as we start to look at yeah, what the Bible says and what, what God's description of who, who he is as a father, that some healing would come into our hearts. And uh, the Bible's full of dads. 
and uh, and some and a lot of them aren't perfect. If I look at David, he was this incredible warrior. He was this worshiping king. He wrote a lot of the Psalms. I'm sure he was a, a, a loving father, but if you look at some of the fruit of his children's lives, he wasn't necessarily the best dad. And maybe that was a cultural thing at the time and whatever it is, the, the, you can't look at David as the perfect dad. Even if you have Jacob, who had these 12 sons, which became the 12 tribes of Israel, he favored one son above the rest that caused immense jealousy. And people always say like, who's your favorite, your favorite twin? And you can't say that. Like they, they, they're both perfect. They're both. I'm so in love with both of them. There's, it's amazing to have this this outpouring of love. And again, Jacob wasn't the best. So we can't look at that. But we have to look at God, our Father. We have to look at who Jesus came to reveal the Father to be. And um, I want to read this scripture as we start out. It's Matthew six twenty five to thirty three, and it's uh, it's Jesus. One of Jesus primary ministries was to reveal who the father in heaven was and it's something that was that the that they caught glimpses of uh, throughout the old testament but jesus came as as the only begotten son of the father in heaven he says this is who my father this is what my father is like this is how he communicates to the earth and i'm showing you what my father in heaven is like you've had a distorted view of what god is but god is a father even if the lord's prayer says our father in heaven if we want to learn how to pray, Jesus taught his disciples, it's about our Father. So let me read this, Matthew 6, verse 25 to 33. It says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet our heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying at a single hour to your life, how much do we have to hear that in this time? We can get so wrecked about the future and so worried about what's going to be happening that we begin to worry. And why do you worry about clothes? And you can list everything there. See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown in the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? What does tomorrow hold? Whatever you want to add to that list. Verse 32 is, for the pagans run after these things. And this is the key part. It says, and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. And that verse alone, I can, I can attest in my life and conversations that I've had with friends who've, who've been in ministry and, and not even in ministry, just following Jesus, that if we seek first his kingdom, he looks after all these things. And in this time of uncertainty, let's just keep seeking first his kingdom. But the key line for me there, and you can take this and put it into any part of your life, and your heavenly father knows. Those who've lost jobs, your heavenly father knows. Those as a dad, you're like, I'm the provider of the house. Don't worry about these things. Your heavenly father knows in this time, your heavenly father knows. If you have to go write that on a piece of paper and stick it in your, I don't know, in your room, in the bathroom, your heavenly father knows. So what I've learned so far in being a dad, so we look at our father in heaven. What I've learned so far in nine months in being a, a, a father to these twins is that life is not about me. And I've got Bruce here, who's 
uh, is filming me and uh, he would also, with his little Freya, she's four months old, and he, he would also attest to that, Danae will attest to that, that life is not about them, it's about this life, this little baby that you're looking after. I've learned endurance. Um, in the past, when I was tired, I would whine and complain and go sleep. Now when I'm at my most tired, a baby wakes up. You have to dig deep. So I've learned endurance. I don't have an answer. You just have to dig deep. I get to speak life over these babies. And um, for a couple of weeks, we, we sung the song, The Blessing, which has been such a key song, a prophetic song over this time. And uh, the amazing thing for me is that I get, when this happens, I get to speak life over Rock and Ryan. I lay hands on them. And I said, and your children and their children and their children. And, and it kind of keeps going on for ages. But it's just, we just speak the blessing of God over, the, over these kids. And what a privilege. The other thing I've learned is that Stala and I are a team. Dads, do not leave the parenting to, to moms. You are a team with your wife. You get to be involved. You get to mold and shape these kids. And again, I'm not talking from tons of experience. I've watched dads over the years and I've watched there's some incredible dads in our church that I'm learning from, that I'm taking, saying, wow, I want to pick up that and I want to I see that in, in my fathering. And also that these children are a gift. And uh, so often when you get the gift that you've been longing for, you can sometimes just not complain about the gift. Like I find myself at times being so tired and like, and then honestly complaining to Star and I feel bad for her because she gets my complaints. And, uh, and I just, in that, some of these moments, just God just arrested me. Don't complain about the gift that you've been given. It's like, okay, cool. These are gifts, little rebuke from my father in heaven, which is not a bad thing. And, um, so yeah, I, I, so what I started to kind of as the body of, of this, of what I wanted to talk on today is not come as any form of authority, which I, I don't have. I want to say, what are my goals as a dad? And what are, what are my goals? And I, I can't just look and say, okay, I want to be this. I, w- I want to look at scripture. I want to look at my heavenly father. I want to try to reflect the heavenly father in my parenting. I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. And that's fine. That is part of being a parent as I'm learning. You're not going to get this right every time and be perfect every time in all of this. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 7, we're going to read a few scriptures and then from that place, I'm going to give seven quick points in the next, let's try to do it in 10 minutes. I don't know if that's going to be true, but uh, this, uh, for me, bringing up these two little twins is the greatest privilege of my life and I want to, under the fear of God, do the best I can uh, going to stumble forward in some areas and we're going to maybe excel in other areas, but I, I want to learn and grow in this. So let's read the scripture together. This is Paul writing to the Thessalonian church. And I just thought it's such a, just kind of popped out this, this part of the scripture. It says 2 verse 7, Instead, we were like young children among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We work night and day in order to not be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel to you. You are our your witnesses, and so is God of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you for those who believed. Sorry, among those who, who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. Key part. Encouraging comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into the kingdom and his glory. 
And uh, so I've got quick seven points, and it's just literally kind of picking up some of these scriptures. And the first one is that as a, as a goal, I want to be loving. And I don't think that's going to come with a ton of effort, but I've realized at times is that if I'm depleted in myself and in depleted in my, even my, my love between my Heavenly Father and myself, is that I can't give as much love as I need to, not only to these kids, but to, if I look at our congregation, this is, we, we're fathering and mothering, but not in a weird cultish way, okay? We like, we, we love the church as our family. And uh, so I want, first of all, I want that my kids to know that I'm loving, and that comes from me loving Jesus with everything. I want them to know that I'm deeply in love with Jesus. John 15 speaks about us abiding in Him and living in Him and bearing fruit because we're abiding in the vine. We're living in Jesus, and I want my kids to see that uh, as part of my life. And I've just recently done a course on the five different personality types, which I'm still beginning to understand, so I'm not going to talk with any kind of authority on it. But um, what I've, what the, the big thing what I've realized is that we all have different reactions and we all have kind of different personalities. And some of them are natural, some of them, but a lot of them is formed in our early formative years. So there's, there's sides of our personality that are formed because in the first, I'd say, first year, first three years of our lives, about whether we received love, didn't receive love, we were rejected in certain areas. And uh, so for me, the simple thing is what I want for our kids to know is that above all else, that they're loved and they're cared for. I'm present, I'm protecting, I'm providing. The second thing that we get from the scripture is integrity. It says, we were delighted to share with you the gospel of God, but our whole lives, it says that they were holy, righteous, and blameless among them. And um, I just held Raya one day and I, I was just looking at her and I was like, I want her to see that the dad I am at home is the same dad that's on the stage, that leads people and loves people is the same way I treat her. I don't want to be a good pastor and a bad dad. I want to be, first of all, the best dad so I can be a good pastor. That is the, the way that the Bible sets up qualifications for eldership, is that you, first of all, manage your household while you love your family first. You're sacrificial to them so then you can love the people of God. David Tripp says this, uh, he's a great author on, um, on families and bringing up kids. He says, our families must see the integrity of walking with God. We will sin, but they must see a dad who walks with integrity and deals with sin before God and before them. And I think that's, that's key, is that integrity is, is, is walking through even the mistakes that we made in front of them. And it's probably going to be hard. I mean, to be honest, I haven't had to do that. They're, they're small and they, they don't know that I've done wrong things. They probably think at this stage and maybe to the stage of 14, 15 that I'm absolutely perfect. Anyway, the third thing is I want them to see that I have passion. In verse 9 it says, You remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship, we worked, we worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. And I want my kids to see that their dad has purpose and vision. That their dad has, is living for something greater, <coughs> sorry, he's living for something greater than himself. He's living for a bigger purpose. Um, I want them to see that the, that the abundance, that the life and life abundantly, as Jesus talks about, is not about possessions and things, but it's about living in the purpose of God and living out what he's called on my life. Passion and vision. The second thing, sorry, the fourth thing, is that I want to be present. And um, a lot of your dads have been able to be more present than ever in this time of lockdown. You've been working from home. And I, I remember reading a, a blog in the early days of COVID saying that the kids aren't going to remember 
lack of money and all that stuff in this time, they're going to remember dads and moms that were at home and present with their kids. And in verse 11, it says, For you know how we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. And we have to be present. We have to be there. And I, I noticed something <clears throat> probably about two, three weeks ago. Um, Rocco was playing on the floor, but he was kind of looking up at me. And I was, I was on my phone as, as you are and doing stuff. It could be emails, it could be Facebook, whatever it is. And in that moment, I thought, wow, this has become a little bit of a barrier between me and my son. And I do not want to let moments where I'm getting so locked up in work and in stuff that I have to do that I'm ignoring these moments that God is legitimately forming and, and doing stuff in their lives. And Stalin and I were having a conversation the other day and just how I was just saying, man, I feel like I'm not being productive, as productive as I was and doing the stuff that I would usually do with these twins. And it's, it's not complaining, it's just talking realities. And, um, and then Stala said something to me, she goes, but Dan, you have to realize that each moment you're with these babies, you're building something into the future. And you can never put like time on that, you can never put a price tag on that, you can never put, whether you're being lack of productive in other areas, this is the most important thing in my life right now, is to bring up these twins to be godly followers of Jesus. Number five is encouraging. The word there is, comes straight out of the scripture, it's, it's, to, it's to come alongside, inspire, and motivate and he's describing what dad should be here is like as a father is amongst their children to come alongside inspire and motivate and I, to be honest i think i'm going to be one of those dads that are shouting on the sidelines uh, i think rock is going to be good at sports i don't know i have this feeling i might be might be wrong you're not necessarily going to be getting it from me he's got sporty grandfathers so hopefully that kind of passes into into his um into his genes but I'm going to cheer them on. Whatever God has called them to be and do in their lives, I'm going to cheer them on. If I look at Raya, she, and this is me being biased, okay? So you're going to hear a lot about my kids today, but she's incredibly smart. She picks up stuff like Starla will walking her to the room to go to sleep. She'll, she'll like point to Starla where to go. She's already guiding Starla. No, this is what I want to do. I want to touch the AC. I want to go, Joyce has to go past my, my study and like play my guitar. She loves music. She loves guitars. Rocco loves to sing. Worship goes on and he's singing. Ooh, and I was like, oh man, this is, this is amazing. Like, and I, I, I want to encourage them in the things that I can clearly see God has molded them and, and called them to be. And I'm beginning to see it even in this first nine months. I remember, this is my little claim to fame. For a few years I surfed and I was a horrible surfer. It was one of those things. I came from a landlocked country, uh, part of South Africa to the coast. And uh, my mom used to work with Geordie Smith's mom in a nursery school. Okay, Geordie Smith is one of the top surfers in the world. I don't know if he's been a world champ, just shows, me, just shows you how much I know about surfing. But I remember his dad gave, uh, we bought, I bought my first surfboard from his dad who was a surfboard shape. And I remember his dad saying to me, and he was young, he's probably like eight, nine years old. I was probably about 13, 14, something like that. He says, my son's gonna be world champ. And it's like, this, guy, this dad has been speaking life over his son from day one. And obviously he's an incredible surfer now and has those incredible opportunities. But it's, it's such a picture for me. It's like, I, need, I want to speak life over Rocco and Ryan and say, you're going to do incredible things for Jesus. Number six, there's the word comforting as a father should be. I want us and our home to be a place of safety. There's going to be moments where life is going to get the better of our kids, where it's going to get tough for them. I want them to be able to come and talk to us about everything. If I look from observation, uh, Jason and Adette are incredible parents like that. They have uh, incredible kids who are able to come and talk to them about what seems like anything. And, um, and I want my kids to be there. I want this to be at home to be in a sense like a harbor where the kids can come in and just talk about stuff and, and find safety in their place. And the final thing 
And what fathers, what I want to be as a father is that I want to urge my kids to live for Jesus. And number, point number seven is living for Jesus. And it says, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And um, I want to measure my kids' success, not whether they get five degrees, and that's great if they do. That's, I'll be so super proud if they do that. But I want to me- measure the success is that are their lives going to matter into eternity? Are what they're going to be doing with their lives? And it's my responsibility to, to show Jesus to them, to show that God is alive, that he's not so far off in distance, that he is this father who you can approach. And we've got an incredible kids ministry. So I honor Carolyn and that whole team. They are they are amazing. They, they are doing such an incredible job, such vision, but that's not the place the primary place that people need to find who Jesus is. It's in the home. It's with the family. It's the father and the mother le- reading stories to them. It's, it's introducing Jesus to them. It's, it's taking time. It's, it's, um, and it's not being passive in this. It's being proactive. It's, and again, I'm, I'm talking from someone who's v- not even there, but I'm saying I'm making aspirations in front of all of you where I want to be. I want my kids to know that they live for his kingdom and his glory. I want my kids to know that it's only Jesus who saves them, forgives them, and gives them destiny and purpose, not the ways of this world. We are seeing this world in some ways, few parts falling apart. And we can. We, I want my kids to know that they can rest their lives fully on Jesus and the finished work of what he's done. I want to teach them to be overcomers. Revelation 3.21, and I'm about to end. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit on my throne, just as, the, as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. And uh, the, the word victorious there is, is it's overcoming, it's overcoming obstacles. And I want them to know that, that with Jesus, they can do anything. With Jesus, uh, they, in living in them, they can do incredible things for him. And I have a natural overprotective tendency. I mean, Stala laughs at me sometimes. Like Stala will be holding and I'm like, Rise about to fall over, I'm like, <gasps> and I'm like running across the room. So, so I was like, damn, I've got it. You know, like there's, there's a super overprotective. And that, that side of me would want to protect my kids from, from danger and from harm. But I've realized that they will never grow. If I, we have to, I want to teach my kids to be in the world, but not of the world. That, that they can go into society and change society because they're Jesus inside of them. And we started on solids, can't remember when it was, weeks, months ago. Uh, Dollars doing this thing where they eat what we eat and it's and anyway, it's solid food it's not just purity and whatever it is and uh, and I couldn't watch it like the first few times they're just gagging the whole time I'm like oh my kid's choking and the thing is if, if, I, if I let myself just be that I would, uh, my kids would just grow up on milk and I mean imagine a 13 year old sucking on a bottle I mean that's just not maturity you know and I think we have to expose them to things that may cause them harm because that is where they grow and that's going to be a big lesson for me in the future and uh, I want my kids to, to, to live off the victories that I've experienced in my life and if anything what's happened in this time of lockdown God's gone quite deep in a few areas and areas that cause anxiety or why did I overreact or stress in this area and, and begin and learning to be self-aware and part of this was this um, kind of course that I did but it's it's learning to have moments where you're self-aware because there's there's sometimes roots that we need to deal with that if I deal with this, my kids won't have to deal with it. It's called your shadow, and I can't go into that now, but it's, it's just very interesting, and God's been dealing with some stuff in my life. And just to quote Manic Street Preachers, 
If you grew up in the 90s, you knew who they are. They're a band. It says, if you tolerate this, then your children will be next. And I don't want to tolerate stuff in my life. I want my kids to stand on my shoulders and go to greater heights than I ever could. I want to cheer them on. I don't want to, I don't want to be insecure in any way. I want them to say, cool, Rocker, you're going to preach to thousands. Right, you're going to lead in worship in front of thousands of people. Again, I'm prescribing what they should be doing, but I feel like that's something of the call on their lives. Anyway, I've come to an end. And uh, I want to just, I want to pray for God's grace over us as dads. And there's some in the church that have incredible kids that are in their 20s and like we can go learn from them. We need to learn from all of these different people. I'm constantly asking questions because I need to know, I need to learn. So Father, we thank you for the dads amongst us. We thank you, Lord God, that, um, that, you, are, that you just pour out your grace on them. We pour out your peace. Father, I pray, Lord God, all of these things that we see in Scripture, it's hard to live up to, but with you, Jesus, changing our hearts every day, we start, the first point is that we start with abiding in you. We can become better dads that lead our kids into a greater future. I pray your blessing over every single person in City Lights right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.